Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. When God shines on the situation suddenly, everything that troubled us so dissipates and disappears. You watch it. In that midnight hour of your soul, when all seems dark, let God turn the spotlight on and everything, all of those things that brought fear to your heart suddenly dissipate and disappear and dissolve. Shine your light into my heart, God. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet our perspective is skewed by societal standards, our own worldly views, and our inability to see beyond our current situation. God's desire is for us to gain His perspective and to reshape our situation around that. Today, Pastor Ed encourages us to take our troubles to our Heavenly Father, who loves us and cares for our every need. He will then shine His perspective into what worries us, and if we let it, it will radically change how we deal with all that life can throw at us. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message entitled, Sorrows Transformed into Songs. Building in faith. In verse 2 it says, How long must I wrestle with my thoughts, and every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look at that, wrestle with my thoughts. He's going over and over in his mind. He's trying to devise a plan to get out of his circumstances, to get out of his situation, to work something out. That's what it means in the Hebrew language. It's the idea of devising plans, thinking, God, what can I do? Have you ever been in that place where you don't feel God, you feel like you've been forgotten, you feel like you, his face has been hid from you, and then you begin to say, God, can I do this, can I do that, can I do the other thing? That's where he is, and all of a sudden it's like a raging sea on the inside. All this turmoil going on, that's what David is feeling. This is a lament psalm. There's a place for Christians to express to God their frustrations, their emotions, all of the inner turmoil that sometimes sweeps over our hearts. We can't stuff it. We can't deny it. But we should take it before God. That's what he's going to do. Recount your pain to God. If there are times that you wonder, God, why hasn't this worked out the way I want it? God, why hasn't this happened in my life the way I expected it to happen? God, how long do I have to continually pray that my mate is saved, my child turns to you, or the circumstances in my life? How long, how long, how long, how long? That was the psalmist's cry. But there's a turning point, and that turning point is found when he cries to God. I want to read to you, hope itself despairs, and despair nevertheless hopes. Martin Luther wrote those words. He knew times of deep depression in his life. Hope itself despairs, and despair nevertheless hopes. You know what our problem is at times? When we are in those low points, the enemy comes by, 
and he tries to tackle you. He tackles you with problems from the past, problems in the present, and he tries to get you to use your creative powers and create problems for the future. He comes with a host of things and crowds you in on every side. E. E. Hale said it this way, We should never attempt to bear more than one kind of trouble at once. Some people bear three kinds, all they have had, all they have now, and all they expect to have. Well, God help us. (laughs) The soul's sorrow leads the psalmist to the soul's supplication, to his prayer. He prays, look on me and answer me, O Lord. His prayer rests on this profound truth that God is the life giver. That God is the one who is in control of everything. I read this story the other day about a man who was on a second marriage and he was going through a time of desperation. He hadn't been married very long and he just had so many conflicts with this woman that he loved so very much. And they bucked heads. And it looked like they were headed for divorce. He went into his closet and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. And he said, God spoke to him. And he wrote it down. And he took what God said to him and he applied it. And he shared it with his wife and she began to weep. And their whole marriage turned around. Look on me and answer me, O Lord my God. That's what the psalmist says. He gives his reasons. His reasons. He says, I'll sleep in death. My enemy will say... I've overcome him. My foes will rejoice when I fall. Notice two things there. His enemies and his emotions. Now, there were real physical enemies that dogged the feet of David. But there are spiritual enemies behind the physical enemies. You know, there's an enemy that wants to destroy us. There's an enemy that wants to destroy your life. There is a real spiritual power. There is a real Satan. And sometimes Christians seem to be oblivious to the fact that we're in a battle. Suddenly these thoughts of discouragement go through your mind. Do you know that the enemy has fiery dots that he throws? Suddenly you get into some type of mood and you say, where did that mood? You've got to sometimes realize that Satan wants to put that on you. We forget That there is a spiritual battle that is taking place. There are real enemies and the enemy would rejoice to see you fall and stumble and be defeated. And so David takes that to God and says, God, my enemy wants to see me destroyed. And because he lived a life to honor God and because he was walking in harmony with God... God's enemies were his enemies, and so David's dishonor would actually be dishonoring to God. And so he was able to say, Lord, in a sense, honor your name. Deliver me. His enemies. We understood our present enemy, not only his enemies, but his emotions. Look at the text. I will sleep in death. He felt as though he were going to die. He felt as though his life were ebbing away. He felt as though he wasn't going to make it. Have you ever been there? Have you ever had the enemy come and lie to you and say, you're going to die of cancer? 
that heart of yours is going to stop. Something tragic is going to happen. Has an anxiety ever gripped you and you said, where did that come from? That's what David was feeling at this point in his life. David felt like he wasn't going to make it to God's goal for him. He wasn't going to make it to the throne that God had for him. He wasn't going to make it to the purposes God had for him. He wasn't going to fulfill his destined call. He said, Lord, emotions could be terribly draining. They can sap us of our spiritual energy. And so here's his reasons, his enemies, his emotions, but here's his request. In verse 3 and 4 again, look on me and answer me, O Lord my God. Give light to my eyes. First, look. Look on me, God. God, I know if you're looking at me. I know if you see me. It's going to be all right. Because you're a loving, heavenly father. It reminds me of this in 1 Samuel, Hannah's prayer. In Hannah's prayer, she said, Oh, Lord Almighty, if you'll only look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son. I'll give him to the Lord. She said, Only if you'll look at me and not forget me. Lord, listen to your children praying. It's the chorus we used to sing. We're saying, God, just look at me now. He says, look at me. Then he goes on to say, answer me. In Psalm 3, 4, it says, Lord, I cry aloud, answer me from your holy hill. Is there that desperate cry where you lock yourself in your prayer closet and say, God, hear me. Someone told me the story about Brother Shambach, how he was suffering physically in his body. And he had to get into his prayer closet. And every time his wife cooked a good meal, he'd smell it and he'd leave his prayer closet and sit down at the dinner table. And he finally said to his wife, he said, listen, lock me in. Don't let me out. And he said, at that point, he met God. At that point, he encountered God. Maybe you need to turn to your say to your mate today. Turn to your mate or your friend and say, Make sure I don't come out of that prayer closet until I've met with God. Make sure I don't leave that place of prayer until I know that I know that I know that I know God's hurt me. He goes on to say, give light. In Psalm 36, 9, it reads, for with you is the fountain of life, and in your light we see light. When God shines on the situation, suddenly everything that troubled us so dissipates and disappears. You watch it. In that midnight hour of your soul, when all seems dark, let God turn the spotlight on and everything, all of those things that brought fear to your heart, suddenly dissipate and disappear and dissolve. Shine your light. Into my heart, God. When we're walking in darkness, we seem to stumble in confusion. We seem to just lose our way. We seem overcome with the sounds and the emotions of the dark night of the soul. David said, Lord, turn the light on for me. 
And maybe that must be your prayer this coming year. God, turn the light on in that family situation. God, turn the light on in that personal circumstance and struggle. God, turn the light on. Let the light of Jesus shine into my heart. That was his prayer. What lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. See, God is interested in doing something on the inside. And sometimes what happens in the place of prayer is as we're praying, we're being changed on the inside. Our circumstances may remain the same, but we've been changed. And the way we respond to those circumstances has changed. And the way we see those circumstances are changed. See, God wants to do a change on the inside. And that's what's happening in David's life. He starts off in sorrow and he's going to end up with a song. He starts off sad, but he's going to end up rejoicing. The soul's song. The soul's song, verses 5 to 6. I will sing to the Lord, for he has been good to me. Someone said, there are two times to sing. When you feel like it, and when you don't feel like it. Sometimes... You don't feel like singing. You don't have a song in your heart. That's when you have to go before God and you just begin to worship. You begin to prime the well. You begin to praise. You begin to lift up your voice. See, the enemy wants to put the spirit of heaviness on God's children. But God doesn't want the spirit of heaviness. Exchange that. Put that aside for the spirit of rejoicing. Tell the enemy, I'm not going to be sad. I'm not going to be gloomy. I'm going to start praising the Lord. I'm going to start worshiping God. See, he knows if he can rob your joy, he can rob your strength. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, look what David begins to do. David thinks about, and this is how he begins to song, the God's salvation. I'll sing to the Lord. He's been good to me. In verse 5, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. Bob, think about it. Your name written in the land's book of life. How real is our salvation to us? It's the most valuable treasure you have. You could lose all your stocks. You could lose your home. You could lose your health. You could lose your family. You could lose everything you have. But if you have your salvation, you have that which is most important in life. And you still have cause to rejoice. Now, you could have your stocks and you could have your home and you could have your family and you can have your health. And if you don't have your salvation, you ought to be mourning. You ought to be weeping. But what the psalmist does is he begins to contemplate his salvation. Think about it. Remember the day God saved you? Remember how providentially that was? Maybe you were kicking and screaming and somebody brought you to church. Maybe it was in an unlikely situation and you opened your heart to Jesus. Maybe some people said, him, he'll never get saved. Her, she'll never be in church. But here you are. The great providence and the great love and the great mercy of God should cause you to rejoice. So he begins to rejoice in his salvation. This becomes David's turning point. This becomes the turning point as he turns from sorrow to a song, from sadness to rejoicing. He contemplates his salvation. 
Someone has said, David Siebens, God's love in action towards us is not a reaction to us. Think about that. God's love in action towards us is not a reaction to us. What that's saying is, God loves you just the way you are, warts and all. God loves you just the way you are, frailties, weaknesses, shortcomings. Oh, if only I could pray more. Well, we ought to pray more. Well, if only I read the Bible more. We ought to read the Bible more. If only I would give more. Give more, yeah. (laughs) But none of those things change his love for you. See, his love for you is not performance oriented. If I perform better this week, if I run the race faster this week, if I run better this week, no, 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 a thousand times no. God loves you just the way you are because who he is, he's God, and he's God all by himself. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, he begins to think about not only God's salvation, but God's sufficiency. I use the New King James translation on verse 6. I like it. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. I will sing. There's resolve there. There's determination there. There is a strength there that it says, I'm going to determine to sing. I will sing. Satan, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to start singing to my God. What song is God creating in your heart? What song does he want to take out of your suffering and out of your sorrow and out of your situation? What song does he want to create in you? What melody is rising in your heart as you bring your suffering and your situation and your circumstances to God? What's God doing? He's creating a melody, a symphony within you in the midst of your sorrow. Hallelujah. Uh, He he is a resolve inside of him. I'm going to trust the Lord. He was firmly established. He was committed. In the Hebrew language, when it talks about being shaken in Psalm 13, it means being shaken at the roots, deep down, underneath. He felt shaken, but he decided that his outward circumstances weren't going to determine his inward condition. He said, I'm going to commit myself. I'm going to resolve to praise my God. I'm going to think about his sufficiency. Now, if you look at the tense in the Hebrew language, or even in the English language, he says, because he has dealt. That's past tense. You know what he's doing here? He's going back. Take me back. Take me back, dear Lord. He's going back to the place where he was blessed by God. And he's beginning to count his blessings. There's a truth in that song. Count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. He's going back, and he's thinking. Now, I sometimes do that. I begin to go back, and I remember all the times in my life that God spoke to my heart. There were times of darkness, and God just shone in that dark situation. I remember as a young person not really knowing 
Lord, do you want me in full-time ministry or part-time ministry? I wanted full-time ministry with all of my heart. And I've shared the story. And I'll go back in my mind to that time when I went over this old saint's house. And I was thinking about taking a secular job or just giving myself full-time to the ministry. And I knew him. I wanted so much to serve the Lord with all my heart, with all my life. And I remember going to this old saint's house and we knelt down and prayed. And I felt as though the hand of God was placed on me. I began to tremble and shake under God's presence. And I felt as though Jesus was standing above me with his hand on my head. And after that season of prayer, I could still picture the kitchen. I could still see that precious saint's face. I could still picture the kitchen table sitting at the chair. And she said, do you know who was here? I said, well, yes, the Lord. She said, well, as you were praying, I had a vision of Jesus coming and placing his hand on your head as a high priest. And he wants you to know that he's anointed you as a minister of the gospel. What a confirmation that was as a young man. Go back to those memorial places in your life. When God spoke so clearly to you. When you knew beyond the shadow of a doubt. Bring them up. Feel those feelings again. Remember that voice again. Recall the emotions you had again. That's what David does. He says, you've dealt bountiful with me, Lord. God, you were with me in the past. Ah, do you remember the time that the Lord delivered you? Do you remember the time that God answered your prayers? Do you remember the time that God came through in a supernatural way for you? Do you remember the prophetic word that God gave you? Do you remember the times that God came and just graciously touched you and lifted you up? That's how you fight the fight. That's how you war the enemy. That's how the song returns when you remember his faithfulness. Hallelujah. 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 I want to read a quote. Quote says, Much unhappiness results from our inability to remember the blessings God has bestowed upon us. This morning, will you roll back the curtains of memory? Will you remember where he brought you from? Where you could have been? Now that, that's just, just doing that's enough to get you going. Come on. I mean, that's enough to get you shouting. That's enough to wake some saints up. <laughs> that's enough to get excited about. If he hadn't saved you, your marriage would have been shattered long ago. If he hadn't saved you, he might not even be alive today. He might be lying in some gutter somewhere. If he hadn't reached down and picked you up, he'd be all messed up. How does that song go? How does that song go? I looked at my hands and they were new. I looked at my feet and they were too. Ever since that wonderful day, my soul's been satisfied, satisfied. 
See, God isn't a God. He's a God of blessing and restoration. He's the God of grace and love. And David said, all right, I'm going to focus on God. I'm going to fix my eyes on God. I'm going to look at God. Because when you begin looking at God, your circumstances suddenly look a lot different. When you look at God through your circumstances, you can't see him. But when you look at your circumstances through God, they look different. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from Pastor Ed's 14-part series in the Book of Psalms. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and select today's date from the Building in Faith media player. Again, that's buildinginfaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to buildinginfaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There you'll find all the options to share. Now we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for Worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and for more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Word of God right here on Building in Faith. Your Word restores.